0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.
1: The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
0: I am not Jim Smalley, I'm Tanner Wallace. Scribner filling in for him. Jim Smalley will be back next week. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we'll have your usual look at the markets. CFA Vice President and president and former President of APAS Todd Lewis will talk about farm income reaching a record high last year. We'll have a local First Nations chief talking about alliance between them and cattle producers. A new farm fork business opens in Emerald Park, east of Regina, called Farmer John's, and a reminder about the extension to the Saskatchewan Farm and Ranch Water Development Program. The farm weather is in its usual spot, At the bottom of
1: the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri News Director Jim Smalley. Once
0: again, not Jim Smalley Tanner, the Scribner here. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Agriculture Canada says farm income reached a record of $26.6 billion last year, up 49% from the previous year. The federal agency anticipates a drop of 26% in 2022 to $19.7 billion. Canadian Federation of Agriculture's second vice president, Todd Lewis, says the 2020 record is no big surprise.
2: Well, I don't think it's a really a surprise when uh, you look at, again, the volatility in the market. The commodity prices are all at record highs. We had a, a small crop, but at the same time, uh, that crop was worth a lot of money, and, and uh, lots of cattle have also gone to market, so those income numbers, of course, uh, show up as well. So. It's a difficult time for those producers that had low production or have had to sell their cattle and, uh, you know, the future if people have exited the industry and so on, it'll start showing up in future years with drops in income. So it's something that it's explainable, but for the producers, unfortunately, that had low production and, uh, as we go now into, uh, a new cycle here new uh seeding cycle and crop production cycle uh you know the real uh disturbing part of what's going on now is uh, we've seen such a so many supply chain issues and as well as uh you know the cost of inputs has gone up so high that those producers that have been caught uh, with no production and now uh, having to uh, pay these large input prices are really going to be in a in a tough spot and there's lots of climate risk you know lots of weather risks this year as well with uh low moisture you know especially on the west side of saskatchewan and alberta so it's uh it's a difficult time and the numbers show that there has been a lot of money in agriculture over the last year we saw record exports as well from the province of saskatchewan but long term there's some clouds on the horizon and unfortunately in a a lot of a lot of the province especially the west side they're not rain clouds right now
3: the 26 percent decline to 19.7 billion dollars for 2022 you feel that is likely accurate
2: Well, it all depends really, Jim, on what uh, happens with this year's crop and really not only in in Western Canada but around the world as well because the volatility in Ukraine, I mean, that'll be worked into the marketplace as well as as, uh, climate risk. So we'll... we'll, uh, Time will only tell, but we see these high commodity prices and so on, uh, or even if they go higher, uh, it'll affect that final number for sure. So we're a long way from having any kind of final certainty around what's going to happen in 2022. But if uh, the one thing we know for sure is it's going to be uncertain for uh, just because of uh, weather and some of the socioeconomic risks as well.
0: Lewis says the forecast decline in farm income in 2022 is possibly premature because weather will be a key determining factor in farm income in the coming year. The chief of the Cowessess First Nation, about an hour and a half east of Regina, would like to see strategic alliances developed between First Nations and cattle producers. Chief Cadmus DeLorme views beef production as a way to utilize Treaty entitlement land. However, the challenge is that First Nations cannot use that land as collateral to borrow money from financial institutions. Cowessess has started a modest 5,000-acre grain farm, but the chief sees cattle as a good way of creating future employment. Indigenous lands is is very um,
4: virgin, or, or if I can use a different, untouched natural land, and um, it is set up for grazing. I do believe strategic alliances are needed, though, because uh, Indigenous people have the will, they got the people, they got the land, but the human capital, the knowledge,
0: the investment is where it's challenging. He says one challenge is gaining a better understanding of the beef supply chain.
4: We're having challenges understanding the supply chain. Like we take our our cattle to a local auction in Yorkton, and just whatever the price of the day is 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 how we you know get our return on investment. I, I do ask a lot of questions to more ranchers that I meet in regards to how does the supply chain management work. We've now hired an agrologist uh, who's non-First Nation just to give you an understanding
0: that we're not just doing this just for us, we're doing this to, to, to find the best. Not too far away from Cowessus is Whitewood, where Ryan Byerback is the owner-manager of the High Plains Ranch Limited and High Plains Ranch Supply. He's also on the Canadian Cattlemen's Association's board of directors there's quite a bit
5: of first nations land around me and some of my friends that ranch that are first nations and i've seen that firsthand where it's tough for them to get capital because you know the bank doesn't want to loan you money on anything they can't take away so when it comes
0: to treaty land they can't take it away so they aren't even willing to use that as an asset so then where do you get your equity to try to to expand or to buy some cows or some equipment Buyerback says there's a lot of good candle land on First Nations around the province, which could create potential synergies. That land will be more important as rising prices pull current grazing land and pastures into grain production. Um, when you look at some of the better grain land and even what was maybe considered marginal 20 years ago, the returns were a lot more similar on grain land and on uh, tame grazing land
4: or hay land. Where now it's you know way out of whack. Where it's tough to
0: pencil it out. Where it makes sense to keep it in tame grass rather
6: than turn it into an annual crop.
0: Chief Delorme and Ryan Bierbrack made their comments during a panel discussion at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference in January.
1: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620
0: CKRM. Once again, not Jim Smalley, Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for the week. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca A recent panel of meat industry insiders looked at what processing and capacity and efficiencies might look like going into the future. Gary Crawford has more on this report meat processing possibilities. What might that look like in the future,
7: both short-term and long? Lee Reichmuth is a Nebraska cattle producer and board member for the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. And at a recent National Association of Farm Broadcasting panel, he noted what several in his industry believe. The increase in capacity is very much needed. I think by adding the plants, that adds competition and therefore helps producers and it will shrink that margin. The producers will get a larger share of the retail dollar compared to what is happening now. Reichmuth noted processing capacity is indeed being expanded, with new facilities under construction and set to go online within the next two years. Yet both he and University of Missouri economist Scott Brown note that the extended time to get just one processing plant up and running doesn't necessarily address short-term issues regarding processing capacity. Brown adds the ongoing dryness and drought covering much of the nation's cattle-producing areas could factor into less supplies available for processing short-term. We've
2: been pulling cattle ahead, and we've done that for a couple, three years. We can't keep doing that, so I keep thinking numbers will tighten as we get further into 2022 and into 2023.
7: Another challenge for meat processing expansion is a shortage of labor, much like that found in other industries across the country. Lee Reichmuth says short term, the capacity between a Monday and Friday is about maxed out. And so the extra cattle that you need to get slaughtered is getting made up on Saturdays. And the problem is, is when you get your help to show up on Saturdays, they want two day weekends and then they're not showing up on Mondays. So they've raised wages. They've done various other things, providing health care, doctors on sites, doing things like that to entice people to work. SCOTT BROWN ADDS OTHER ALTERNATIVES TO LABOR MAY NEED TO BE RESEARCHED TO ADDRESS LABOR SHORTAGE ISSUES LONG TERM.
2: WHAT'S IT COST FOR MORE AUTOMATION, WHICH IS TOUGH IN THE CATTLE INDUSTRY, JUST GIVEN THE LACK OF UNIFORMITY OF CATTLE GOING THROUGH, BUT YOU'RE EVENTUALLY GOING TO PUSH MORE AND MORE TOWARDS TRYING TO FIGURE OUT OTHER WAYS BESIDES LABOR.
7: AND IN TERMS OF THE SIZE OF FUTURE PROCESSING PLANTS, Reichmuth believes there will no longer be facilities that handle five to six thousand head of cattle. I think they're going to be more of the I would call moderate size, or the thousand to fifteen hundred. That size is large enough to be efficient. I'm Rod Bain, reporting in Washington, D.C.
0: That was Gary Crawford.
1: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture update. The
5: Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 7 p.m. Central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. Sean Haney here with Realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio with the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation. So what is the the purpose of a conservation easement? Like what does it attempt to achieve?
6: So a conservation easement, like it it was coming it came into government under a provincial app and uh, you know, it it came into being in the mid nineteen nineties and uh uh, it was set up to preserve, uh, you know, lands that are really important for environmental reasons, for conservation, and and ensure that they they stay that way, you know, for you know a long time. Um, so they want to re- retain the 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 attributes of good habitat and and you know biological significance and a whole bunch of you know good environmental reasons. So.
5: Okay, so Tom, all that makes sense. Why like? For a lot of the, the ranching audience, they probably think, okay, I'm doing that. W- why do I need an easement to, to, to prove that?
6: Yeah, in most cases, you know, lots of guys that will continue to ranch, will, will continue to, to conserve the grasslands and retain it, you know, as native grasslands. Yep, by all means, they, for the most part, they'll do that. Uh, the, the question comes up is when this land gets sold, uh, when the land transfers to a next generation, uh, you know, that's when there's a decision making that needs to go on whether the land is, is retained at that point in time. As long as the guys are, are ranching and, and, and keeping cattle on the land, uh, you know, for the most part, these lands won't get broken up.
5: And, and Tom, who, who would I be, like, who am I giving an easement to? How, how does this work?
6: Particularly, there's a, a number of agencies in Saskatchewan that are uh, recognized by the Minister of Environment that can hold a conservation easement. And, and the Saskatchewan Software Foundation is one of them. We just, we just got that recognition about two years ago. Uh, the other major land trusts in Saskatchewan are probably the Nature Conservancy of Canada and Ducks Unlimited Canada, uh, Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. Those are probably the three main players, but there's, there's, I think a list of about 12 or 13 that can hold these and government can hold these as well too. So,
5: so there, there's two easements that are, I, I, well, and maybe there's more, but you can fill us in there, but I'm familiar with, there's term easements and then there's yeah. perpetual. Now perpetual is, is forever and in term, obviously it's a defined set of years. So are there any other differences between the two?
6: Not, not really. Um, you know, the, like the act itself allows for both. It allows, uh, you know, a perpetual easement to be signed and it allows for, uh, a term easement for a specific length of time. You know, the thing is now is that no term easements have ever been signed in the province. Like the existing land trusts that are in the province right now are, uh, they are focused on perpetual type easements and, and I can completely understand why it takes a lot of money, a lot of time to get one into place so they want it in place forever. However, uh, you know, over the last five or six years, we've been talking to ranchers and there, there's not a lot of appetite for, for producers to actually sign conservation easements. Uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of financial sense and they're worried about loss of control. They're worried that you know, they, like they're going to have some of their rights taken away, or or something like that. There's there's a lot of perceptions around that. So, you know, the producers that we did talk to, you know, said, "Well, you know, if it was only for like a, a generation, you know, like I, I I believe in it, I'll do it, but you know, I don't want to hamstring my kids." So, you know, we that's where we started looking at this, and and we said, "Okay, well, there's maybe an appetite for that kind of uh, program." So when we say you know, so
5: generations, we're, we're talking about maybe like a 20 to 30 year term lease. Is is that kind of the, the wheelhouse we're talking about then?
6: Yeah, exactly. You know, like we battered around the numbers and at the board level and uh, the number 25 years comes out a lot.
5: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this
1: issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agro weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
0: Tanner Waldo Scribner here once again filling in for Jim Smalley, who'll be back next week. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866 and by Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointments necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, it's mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of light snow, a high of minus 5 and windshield 9 this afternoon. Tonight, there's a low of minus 9 and windchill 14. Tomorrow, there's going to be a 60% chance of light snow in the morning. That's going to continue into the afternoon with a high of minus 5, windchill near minus 14 in the morning, though that is dropping to minus 9 in the afternoon. Tomorrow night, it's cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries and a low of minus 11. On Wednesday, there's a mix of sun and clouds with a high of minus 8 and a of minus 17. Thursday, periods of snow with a high of minus 10 and a low of minus 12. And on Friday, the periods of snow are going to continue with a high of minus 9 and a low of minus 15. The normal high for today is minus 4. The normal low for today is minus 16. Sunrise was at 745 this morning and sunset will be at 637 tonight. Looking around the province at this hour, in Estevan, it's minus 10, Yorkton. Minus 12, in Swift Current, it's minus 8, Moose Jaw. Minus 10, in Weyburn, minus 11. And in Regina, it's minus 10. We'll be Not Jim Smalley, Tanner Wallace Scribner here. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market values for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctioneers.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilized distributions. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Saskatchewan government is reminding farmers there is an extension to the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program deadline. Bryn Jones is a program specialist with the Agriculture Regional Office in Prince Albert.
8: Jim Smalley explains with Bryn Jones the latest deadlines. Previously, the government of Saskatchewan announced changes to temporarily increase the maximum funding a livestock producer can receive from the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program for dugouts, wells and pipelines. For the period April 1st, 2021 to March 31st, 2022, the maximum rebate for livestock producers only increased to $150,000. The first $50,000 is based on a 50-50 cost share, and the remaining $100,000 is a 70-30 government producer cost share. Along with the drought conditions experienced in 2021, producers also found it difficult to source materials and contractors to construct their water development projects. Due to these circumstances, the governments have adapted the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program to allow livestock producers who plan to claim over $50,000 in rebates to submit a preliminary application by March 31, 2022 to complete their projects and submit for rebate by September 30th. 2022. The preliminary application form, as well as the rebate application form, can be found on our website. For more information on this and other related topics, please contact your local Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture regional office. Call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377 or visit us online at saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture. I'm Bryn Jones, and this has been the Saskatchewan Agriculture Report. Bryn Jones
0: is a program specialist with the Saskatchewan Agriculture Ministry Regional Office in Prince
1: Albert. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
0: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Daigleman Industries. Look at Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable engineered tough equipment on the market, and Arcola Building Supplies, small-town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. A new direct farm-to-fork business is opening in Emerald Park, east of Regina, this week. The owner of Farmer John's, Andrea Hill, says consumers can buy locally grown farm-fresh products this week. Jim Smalley chatted with Hill. Farmer John's
9: is a locally sourced farm-to-fork grocery store in Emerald Park, Saskatchewan. So we're featuring all locally sourced produce, meat, other grocery items curated in our province. And we also have a professional chef that works in our kitchen who prepares take-and-go meals with these products to help educate the consumer on how they can cook, you know, a great set of lamb chops or, you know, some of those great cuts of beef that we have available to us.
3: Why sell local farm produce?
9: Well, I grew up, um, in the agriculture community, born and raised with cattle and grain. And if there's anything better, it's the people of Saskatchewan. Um, I honestly most days have to pinch myself because the people bringing in their amazing product, um, are so proud of what they've done. But they've also ensured that the quality and the safety of their products is top of mind. And so people don't realize that they go to a farmer's market and sometimes they're scared about what they're buying. So this is giving them really an avenue to ensure we're following all Canada Food Inspection Agency guidelines and that the products that they're receiving are all safe products to eat.
3: How wide an area do you buy products from, from farmers?
9: Well, right now we're sourcing within about 300 kilometres. We do have some amazing produce being grown in our province right now. So I have lettuce coming to me tomorrow from about two hours away, organically grown in a greenhouse. Um, and I'm going to have fresh cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers also brought to me here within the next couple of weeks.
3: Outline a few other products you'll be offering. That's interesting.
9: Yeah, we have some amazing canned goods um, produced in commercial kitchens. These ladies have been, pro- have been producing great recipes for the last 20 years. Again, all Canada Food Inspection Agency inspections have been done, um, but they're so proud of the garden vegetables they grow, and they're able to put it in beautiful salsas, my favorite is a cowboy candy. It's a candied jalapeno um, and pickled eggs, of course, some of everybody's favorites.
3: So how do farmers benefit? How do consumers benefit?
9: So I work with the farmers really closely on their pricing and their packaging. And really, it's ultimately about education to the producer, to what guidelines they need to follow. And then also about what the producers want to see. And they want to see that ingredient label on the packaging. And they want to see, you know, when the package was produced. For the consumer, gosh, grocery prices have just gone through the roof. Quality of produce is so, so bad right now. It's taking us six weeks to get ahead of lettuce. And I know that these grocery stores, when that product arrives, it's just not in great shape. So our consumers are so excited for us to open and that they can get their hands on this fresh, like great grown produce. And the meat, of course, we know exactly where it's grown. Uh, Our beef is grass-fed It's, you know, this producer has been growing cattle in the Southie region for a long time, and they're quite proud of what they do. So I know it's a safe product, the quality is consistent, and uh, our consumers are going to be really happy about these products that they're able to buy.
3: How's the price comparison?
9: So that's a great question. Um, We're actually able to not only compete, but on most circumstances, we're able to beat the supermarket prices so we are becoming also an egg grading station so we're able to sell farm fresh eggs and it shocks me that people you know are charged six dollars at the supermarket for eggs and we're able to provide a far superior product and at a lower price and the same thing goes with our beef products you're going to be surprised with the prices we're able to provide you
3: how does someone contact you
9: They can go to our website. That's a great place to go see our story at www.farmerjohns.ca.
0: Audra Hill is the owner of Farmer John's, a new farm-to-fork business, opening in Emerald Park, east Regina,
1: this week. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. This market update is by
0: Tanner Waldo Scribner, not with Jim Smalley today, but it's brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were down a little as canola fell $11 to 928.62. dollars Number one, red sprint wheat went down by five to 421.42, and feed barley also dropped by five to 372.37. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 551.16, five, flax, 976.53, lentils, 859.80, oats, 501.53, peas, 632.32, and feed wheat sits at 961.75.
1: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620
0: CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 642-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes.
10: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and SwiftCart. Here are the quotations for the week ending February the 25th. D one and two cows were 85 to 95 on sale to a dollar. These three cows, 7, 70 to 83. Mature bulls, 110 to 117, on sale 120. Four to 500 pounds, steer calves 220 to 256. Five to 600 pounds, 210 to 235. Six to 700 pounds, $2 to 225. Seven to 800 pounds, 185 to 205. 8 to 900 pounds, 175 to 193.5. 900 to 1,000 pounds, 165 to 185. Heifers 4 to 500 pounds, 190 to 215. 5 to 600 pounds, 185 to $2. 6 to 700 pounds, 175 to 190. 7 to 800 pounds, 172 to 185. 8 to 900 pounds, 165 to 175 regular sales are every Tuesday. We got a sorted sales this Thursday, March the third, with fifteen hundred head on offer. Please book now seven seven three three one seven four. This is Libra Market Port direct from Heartland and Swift Card. Good day and good marketing.
0: Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, SIG four and Brandon sit at two hundred and twenty one dollars point five eight kilograms.
1: Coming up next is the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Tanner
0: Wallace Scribner, not Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Canadian farm cash receipts rose 13.7% last year to a total of $81.9 billion. Those numbers were released this morning by Statistics Canada. National crop receipts were up 9.2% and livestock receipts were 13.4% higher than 2020. There was also a major increase of 71.8% in direct payments. The vast majority came from crop insurance due to a very high number of claims following last year's extensive Western Canadian drought. Farm crash receipts were higher in every province with the exception of Prince Edward Island. Saskatchewan saw farm crash receipts hit $19 billion and $50 million, up 15.7% over 2020. On the markets, the TSX is down 71 points to 21034 The Dow Jones is also down 285 points to 33773 Oil is up 3.55 to 83.25 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar has risen 14.100th of a cent to 78.87 cents US. That's the re- resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today.
3: Now the resource report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The National Farmers Union has renewed a call on the federal government to investigate farm fertilizer pricing. President Katie Ward told the Commons Agriculture Committee last week, fertilizer companies are charging exorbitant prices. She wants the Agriculture Committee to investigate all the factors behind fertilizer prices. Ward says the fertilizer companies blame high prices on supply chain issues but are making windfall profits. She says Nutrien, Canada's largest fertilizer producer, reports fourth-quarter net earnings nearly four times higher than a year ago. CF Industries, the second-largest producer, reports fourth-quarter net earnings nearly eight times higher than a year ago. Yara International, also with significant Canadian production capacity, is also posting higher net returns. The NFU says when farmers face supply chain issues, their incomes go down, not up. The NFU says there is profiteering due to do lack of competition in the fertilizer business. On the markets, the TSX is up 238 points to 20999 The Dow has risen 701 points to 33924 Oil is down $1.47 to $91.34 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has risen 47 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.47 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley.
1: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley
3: on 620
1: CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620 CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.
0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.